So a little while ago, I was watching the TV, like, you know, flip, flip, flipping around, you know? And I realized something. Over the past few years, I've gained a lot of experience in watching the television. And I got to thinking with all my TV show watching experience, maybe I should get a job making a TV show. So I called up to check into it. This dude answered the phone and he was like, talk to me. And I was like, um... Yeah, I'm interested in making like a TV show. And he told me that I needed to go to Los Angeles, talk to some people and stuff. So I, um, uh, went. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean, and I am sitting here with Brooks and Greg. Sup, y'all? Hey, how's it going? It was nicely synchronized. How's it hanging? What's going on, everybody? <laughs> no, that's, that's rare. We usually either step on each other or, or wait in silence or for the other guy to talk. Yeah, there's always that awkward open to the show. Tonight, we're going to talk about... We did a little we did a little yakking last, last show about our feelings on, I, I think, overprivileged people in Hollywood or at least some of them and and how they hold out for more money but don't necessarily produce better quality but I think on the other side of that we probably it, it behooves us now to mention maybe some of those unsung talents that we think maybe should be getting opportunities when when the people who are out there in the establishment are being difficult yeah these are guys kind of like us I guess I don't, I don't really put myself in in this category in that there's a lot of people out there on the web that are creating original material that they actually pre-produce and work really hard at doing as opposed to us who who don't yeah <laughs> but, and a uh, lot of other media but yeah and a lot of other media as well uh, but they're doing it for the love of their their craft and sure. not really for the money we still uh, put out something every now and then but I have to say that it's it's at this point it's more like a hobby but there are some people out there that are consistently producing work that may or may not get paid, you know, but they're putting it out there. And in for the most part, some of these guys are consistently good. And I don't see them getting opportunities to move up. And it's just weird. I guess we were, we were talking a little bit last week, too, about how this is the or a couple of weeks ago, I should say, we were talking about how this is new generation is sort of the internet generation. And I think that that's true where you can get on the Internet and you see all these guys putting work out there. Just just to do it. And, and the Internet is becoming its own entertainment medium where it's it's almost like what television was, where broadcast is free and things go out on the airwaves and it's a public domain. And the Internet's sort of like that, too, where people are just putting it out there and anyone can see it. And it's not necessarily there isn't necessarily a mechanism in place where the creators are getting paid or the consumers are paying for it. It's just out there and available. And there are more and more people that I think you see that. And the work is getting better. Technology is getting to the point where these guys in their basements are actually making, you know, decent little movies, nice little animations. Well, yeah. I mean, like, well, <laughs> Star, Wars, Star Wars fan films, if you ever get into watching those, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I tell you, I mean, uh, any kind of fan film, some of them blow me away. Yeah. We're talking about special effects in these movies and makeup effects and Sometimes the problem with the, the fan films a lot of times is it, what makes me sad is how the writing is not there nearly as much as some of the production quality is. 
like some of these Star Wars ones, you're looking at the spaceships and stuff and going, wow. But it's like you would, the story you don't care about. Well, yeah, but even that shows that there are a lot of talented artists out there who might not be necessarily be writers, but they could definitely be, you know, special yeah. effects people. They could be uh, makeup artists. They could be all these different types of people, but they've just never gotten that shot to really do it on a big Hollywood film or on a TV show. And, you know, doesn't mean they're not talented. It just means they haven't had a shot. You wonder too, and I think this is we were when we were talking about how a lot of slackers lack direction. Not, not necessarily ambition and this is true like you you want to just grab all these guys and throw them in the same bag together and shake it because you're like look you guys that guy writes but he doesn't have an outlet for from you know production you guys obviously have the equipment and the ability to do this 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 pretty high-end kind of stuff but you can't write so get it get it together get on this and stop writing about star wars make up something of course, a lot of these guys, you know, have very legitimate reasons for, for doing Star Wars or Star Trek fan films because they know that's what's going to get watched. There's an audience. I've seen this stuff. You know, I'm sure lots of guys have originals. While I'm talking about how they should be more original, I'm sure tons of guys have original work out there that I haven't seen because it's not going to show up in a Google search. But you can go on theforce.net and see all these Star Wars fan films and they have like non-Star Wars fan films and all that. And that's a really good point because there's a guy, Sandy Cholera, I think is his name, just wanted to show off what a good filmmaker he was. So he made a Batman movie. He made a movie where Batman where Batman fights Predator and Batman fights aliens and it's got the Joker in it. And it's nonsense. It's a Batman Dead End. That's the name of the Batman Dead End. Yeah. If you want which, to take a look at it. A lot of the, the fanboys go crazy for Batman Dead End. But it really is good production quality. The costuming in it, the stunt work, the action, the, the the way he shoots it, you know. And he's doing like aliens and predators and the thing. And they look like, you know, movie movie quality. Movie monsters. So well, he, he did that. Batman's a little chunky. He did that to show people what he was capable of. And he knew if he made it Batman with no intention of making any kind of money off of it or anything like that, he knew that would get people's attention and it worked. I don't know if he's working out there now. I'd really love to find out because he also did another one, which was sort of a fake trailer for a world's finest movie with Batman and Superman in it both. And that one was a lot of fun. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, look, you got to download it. Cause it looks like a movie. It looks like a movie that that you wish they'd make because like and and you can tell he's got a real good eye for for a trailer because the way it's clipped together really does look like a Hollywood kind of trailer. All the scenes and the suspense and it hints at this huge story that you know is all like doesn't actually exist. Well, that's cool. I bet these guys would be all over themselves to become trailer editors. Yeah, and that's I think one of these days I'd like to do a show just about trailers. I think those guys in particular are unsung anyway because I love a good trailer. There's there are trailers that are way better than the movies, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. not always. Sometimes it's the other way around. But I mean, you just appreciate. You're like, man, I'd like to go find this trailer guy because he took that stinker and made it look awesome. Episode one. Yeah, episode one being a good example. Yeah, all these trailer, all these clips come together like this movie looks awesome, and then it sucks. <laughs> It's not even good at all. Like, good Lord, how how did this guy find these clips and make this movie look good? But it happens. And it really gets you excited about movies, a good trailer does. I think that's why a lot of these fan films, because they're short films by nature, are fake trailers. Because it's just easy to do. 
there's a Robin movie trailer called Grayson. That's just basically the same way. Well, yeah, some of these actually drive you nuts because there's you know there's never going to be a movie that that follows them. What makes me uh, like Grayson? Grayson was, uh, as I recall, a pretty good one. And you know, you keep thinking, man, if they ever actually made that movie. That would be awesome. But I do respect this that you know a lot of work goes into these fake trailers, much more so than you if you haven't made movies at all would imagine. But I can't imagine the colossal waste of time represented in making a feature-length movie on someone else's work. Because that reminds me of those the, the guys doing the Star Trek fan show, The New Voyages. Oh, right it's, a, right. it's a phenomenon to me to watch this thing. Like, so much work goes into it. They've got like a that's the one that's sort of blurring the line because they're starting to get like original cast members from the Star Trek show, original like screenwriters from the old show are working on this show. Well, for the people out there who don't know, uh, Star Trek new voyages is a um, Star Trek fan film series. Uh, and I totally forget the name of the guy who, who produces them, but uh, they've done James three. Cawley, so- I think well, is his name. James Cawley. That sounds right. If I'm remembering and, uh, right. It's his production company. Uh, but uh, the movies are actually, they're set up like the traditional old classic Star Trek TV show. I mean, right down to commercial breaks and that sort of thing. And uh, and it, they're there to the length. This is what sets them apart from other fan fiction is they are their episode length. Yeah. It takes them like two or three years to make one episode of this because, I mean, you're talking about 45 minutes. That's insane. Yeah. And with, especially with the level of special effects that are in these things. And they're not allowed to make money. Those are the guys you kind of wish Hollywood call, would call on. I do get why they don't get legitimized because they're making fan fiction. But you wish guys like that would be the replacements when the other guys go on strike because obviously they have a love of it. Not always talent, but they obviously have a love of it. And I guess that's why, not to start sounding cynical, we try, we're, we promised we wouldn't do that this you know this time. But but yeah, that is kind of what's infuriating about this, is you know, about the writer strike and all that is that there's a lot of talent out there that just, you know, for whatever reason they live in the wrong part of the country or they just didn't dedicate themselves early in life to becoming a television or film producer. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't really get the chance to, to work in the system. Yeah. And they don't get noticed. Yeah. I think that a lot of these, a lot of Hollywood producers and a lot of studios are, I think, neglecting, a market here that they're not they're not deliberately scouting out and recruiting off the internet because i see these guys all the time on the internet that are really funny not just not the fan film guys but like really talented guys like if you ever see oddtod.com the, the laid off cartoons they're really funny oh, well yeah i have seen a couple of them. and if his cartoons are to be believed he actually did almost have a deal with with comedy central to make a tv show and it fell through um, so what happened was uh, I went out to Los Angeles to talk to these TV executive people about making a TV show. And the first question they asked was, what do you want the show to be about? And I was like, um, stuff in general. And they were like, could you be more specific? And I was like, well, um, I could do one show about how I went to the zoo and made friends with the gorillas. Ooh, ooh. Oh, 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 oh. Or not. Or we could do one about how, like, I had to go down to the unemployment office to take this, like, employment seminar. But but the guy who gives the seminar got laid off that day, and he had, he was, like, sitting there with us, and, and, and nobody knew what to do. Or, or not. I want, you know, what's interesting about the Hollywood system is 
so far as I know, and I could be wrong, but I don't think it works the way like Major League Baseball works to where they actually go out looking for talent. They pretty much just sit back and say, we're happy with what we have. If you want to try to break in, you can try if you want, but it's not like they're out there looking for talent even during times like this. They just say, well, we'll just replace it with these reality shows. Well, it is a very incestuous kind of system. It, re- it is. And that's why you end well, up. Well, that's sort of the problem. Like if you're awesome at baseball or basketball, you'll get noticed because there are people whose job it is to go out finding people like you. Well, maybe that's what we need. Or at least the studios are fed by talent agencies. So why aren't these talent agents looking for new people out and about? Because every day they've got a thousand people lined up in front of their door. Yeah, but most of them probably to... suck. Yeah, but they don't. Why? Why go out looking if people are coming to you? In the internet, you've got a market where they can observe without making contact. I think that would be important to me. You should become an agent, as opposed to having people pitch you. You go find these guys on the internet and then try to representing them. That's that could be how you make your millions. Hey, I'm I'm all about that, but I don't have. The contacts well, that's, either. That's not an entirely bad idea. You know, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I would have some facility for this, except that I'm I'm on the other side of the velvet rope, just like they are. You gotta you gotta have a guy who's got his foot in the door, and that's that's the whole problem. And I'm not against I'm not against that that the system is laid out because to me, if you have you ever watched Project Greenlight when they did it on HBO and then later on on Bravo? Yeah, I've watched some of it. Yeah, it's a great show. I really enjoyed it, but three seasons in a row and eventually they stopped doing it because ultimately the three times out they they tried to recruit like like we're talking about and three times out they didn't find anybody capable of making a viable movie i liked that one movie a lot so, um feast yeah feast i thought it was fun are you talking about the horror movie i did it that was definitely the best because that movie seemed like an actual movie you'd just watch like you'd pick up feast yeah i didn't watch the program for that the green light version i just watched the movie itself and i thought it was pretty good the other two movies that they produced were like movies you'd only watch because they came off that show and you're curious yeah. but feast was actually a good idea they were like let's stop trying to reinvent the wheel here and let's just get someone to make a horror yeah, movie make something that people would enjoy watching that have no idea what green light <laughs> yeah, is really you know? I'm just spitballing here, guys, but maybe we should make something entertaining. <laughs> well, now I will say, I mean, there are, maybe, there are a lot of people. Maybe that would propel the show. I will say there there are a lot of people out there. They're you know making stuff and putting it on the web. That's that's just junk. Well, sure. But there's a lot of people making junk in the real Hollywood world too. You know. But I mean, I think stuff like Odd Todd stands out. Yeah, I like that guy a lot. And I think if you ever seen Homestar Runner, where they do Teen Girl Squad and Strong Bad and all that, but not only. I think you could be watching for the guys who are consistently good because it's two different disciplines. First of all, there's already talent. And second, you can see these guys actually produce consistent work, which is hard enough. And they're not just funny as a fluke. They're funny a lot. That's what I think if the blogosphere could give us anything, if podcasts could give us anything, if all this entertainment on the Internet, internet-tainment. <laughs> Nettainment would give us anything it's to be able to see who are the consistently talented people in that untapped market without ever having to give anybody a call i think we talked a little bit about greg and lou before greg and those guys have got some funny sketches and i think the stuff i saw was actually on youtube.com slash greg and lou and that's the diehard parody i was telling you about last time oh yeah right 
or you know whatever you guys listen to the show at all <laughs> even while we're doing it i'm sorry i need, I need to stop. i'm shopping for a new car while i don't while... i don't listen to our show yeah. <laughs> yeah, God. greg's car shopping with all the millions that we're making off this podcast that's right i'm looking at ferraris yeah, really. and lamborghinis and... hey you don't get 40 fans <laughs> from not being awesome that's right man yeah, that's right that's right well we're the cream is what we have <laughs> We have a selective fan the base. The 40 smartest people in the world. Yeah, exactly. All 40 <laughs> smartest and Thank people. God for every one of you. So congratulations, our audience of 40. You are the smartest people in the world. As a person you admire, I give you permission to enjoy this. But there's a couple of guys. If, I wish I knew, I mean, besides just typing funny in YouTube, YouTube is a good place to find because we, we run into these guys that just do skits and sketches and stuff. You know, there's a couple of guys who do something called the Red State Update, which is like a couple of rednecks doing a like a kind of a talk show, like coffee morning talk show deal. Oh, that sounds right up my alley. But it really, they're really funny. It's like this guy and like this this hundred year old Uncle Jesse sort of country <laughs> guy just doing a talk show kind of thing, talking about topical things in the news and all that. Really funny, but I would like to see more stuff like that. I don't understand, like, what's going on with independent film these days? Everything supposedly independent has got known actors in it and, and comes out of some studio. Where's the real independent film? Well, the, a lot of the distribution houses that, that that were big in the 90s, like Miramax and New Line and all those, have all been snatched up by the by the studio. So they're not seeking out that, that rough independent film anymore. Maybe, maybe a few here and there, but nothing like they were. I think that... That's probably true. Like Artisan, you know, made its bones on uh, mm-hmm. on Blair Witch. And then it wasn't but a few years later that they completely dissolved and I think got absorbed by Lionsgate mm. because they couldn't find another Blair Witch. Maybe there isn't a lot of talent out there. I don't know. I just But I just see these guys. You run into these guys on, on the internet that are really funny. You read these people who have blogs and they're just typing. They're just talking about their day. And some of them are really funny. Some people who do podcasts, I guess, are good. I don't know. This show included, I don't know of any good podcasts. I think podcasting is the lowest form of <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, they're kind of the ones, the podcasts that I've seen out there that are funny are kind of gimmicky. They, they've got some sort of little thing that uh, two of them I watch a lot are one's called Ask a Ninja. Yeah, I've heard of that. I dig the title. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but it's essentially a guy dressed up like a ninja and he answers viewer mail. I mean, that's that's pretty much all he does. <laughs> yeah, I like that. What's that show? Geek Foo Action Grip? You remember that one? Yeah, that's uh, Mer Lafferty. Uh, that's up in Mer. The... Yeah, she's really funny. Yeah, she is. She I is. like that show. And that's just a show basically where she just sits down and talks about stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I think. There's a lot of raw talent because one of the biggest things about the writer's strike that that's hitting everybody hard is you can't. A lot of the people out there in the industry right now can't just sit down and be funny can't just sit down and do a show. There's a lot of raw talent to, to see like in a podcast where these people are doing these programs with little or no prepared material, just talking about their everyday lives, just sitting down like a person on the mic and doing a program. And if that's entertaining, that's getting listenership, then you should really pay attention to that because <laughs> there's no bells and whistles to it. It's the Geek Food Morning Show with Merle Lafferty and Jason Adams. Wow, that'd be an interesting field. And really giant rhubarbs, you have to cut it down with an axe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this. I like this idea of the giant strawberry rhubarb pie. I, I approve this. If anybody's into weird uh, genetic 
mutations of fruits out there and you want some funding, I've got $20 in my purse. But I like I like her show a lot. I don't like a lot of those. I don't I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't like a lot of cuz there's a fine line between a person being witty talking about their lives and then you get a show where they're like, "Yeah, I was going to the comic book store the other day, blah blah blah." It's like, "Dude, I'm not your therapist." <laughs> I was going to mention another one. Strongbed. The funniest things they do on Strong on yeah. Homestar Runner is Strongbed will answer email and they'll do like Trogdor a little or a little skit, a little animated skit in answer to an email. So that's pretty funny. Here I go once again with the email. Every week I hope that it's from a female. Oh man, it's not from a female. That's not as funny as Teen <laughs> Teen Girl Squad. That's about the funniest thing ever. Teen Girl Squad. Cheerleader. So I've never even I've never heard of any of these. You're oh, go to homestarrunner.com. That's where they got a lot of I think that's something that could be made into a TV show because they not only do they have like funny people doing it, but they have a, like a whole they have a whole mythology of of really standout characters that they've created for it's like a little mock tv channel and you can actually flip to little shows that they have and see all their different cartoons and i think it's funnier than the stuff you see on cartoon network a lot of that stuff i can't a lot stand. of it yeah some of that stuff on cartoon network is just annoying and i don't I mean a lot of it's not a lot of it's really funny but there's some stuff I just don't get. Maybe it's not for us, I guess. But it's not for 12-year-olds either. It's it's supposed to be like adult entertainment. But I do think there are shows that, that I would say Homestar Runner is as funny, if not funnier, than. So I don't understand why you don't look at something like that, which is pretty industrious on their part to put together this whole site anyway. And they've created characters. You walk down the street and you see people wearing T-shirts with these characters on them. You know what I mean? That would stand out to me and go, there's a market here, isn't there? A, a large cross-section of people that I run into know what Home Star Runner is, know who Strong Bad is, you know, and, and a lot of them know who Odd Todd is. That Trogdor song got into Guitar Hero. Got into Guitar Hero, yeah. That's how popular Strong Bad is. Trogdor! Dragon Man. Uh, he was just a dragon. Uh, but he was still Trogdor! Trogdor! And the Trogdor comes in the night! I admire those guys. I really do. That You know, that's kind of what we were doing in college, mm-hmm. I guess. We just didn't have the, the, the reach that they have now. Or the technological capability, but that's where our heads were at. I know that's where our hearts definitely were. I think and still are. But I think that's I, I get excited when I see stuff like that because it, it makes me. It reminds me of us in college. It reminds me, you know, you're always looking for people to see that people are doing the kind of stuff that that you always wanted to do, that it's possible. And I would be very excited if I were one of those kind of guys. But I, but at the same time, I wish there were a bigger reward for those kind of guys, because it seems like they're they're all out there, you know, they're all in it. That's how South Park got launched. You know, they just kind of made this little short. And yeah, it was like a little internet 
greeting card, like a Christmas card yeah. thing he put together. And it ended up getting them noticed somehow by somebody, so it does happen, <laughs> I guess. Comedy Central, good Lord knows, pick up just about anything else looking for the next Chappelle. Another show that kind of got discovered just from dudes doing it is that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia show, which I think is great. Yeah, those guys are really funny. So it is possible. But those guys must have known somebody too, though, because somehow they got their demo tape to the right person. Yeah, you got to wonder, you know, that's that's the magic in the mix. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't want to sound bitter, but they did their little contest to see, you know, if you could send us your five minute video and maybe you could get a chance to get a show on FX and all that kind of stuff. The 10 best were going to be on their MySpace because this whole thing was a cross promotion through MySpace. And Wilson was telling me how, because he knew someone who was also entering something in it. And he said, all the 10 that made it in were like shorts that somehow had known people in them. Like Andy Dick is in this short for this contest. And you're like, come on, man. Yeah. Well, that's. Give a guy a break, will you? You thumb the scale on some rinky dink MySpace contest? Like- that's the way it is, man. Incestuous. The industry is incestuous. Well, that's why it has so many web toes in it. <laughs> that's exactly the problem. It's like, <laughs> that's how you end up with so many flipper babies. Well, you know. <laughs> guys are going to have to breed out a little. Or it's going to be cross-eyed country for as far as the eye can see. Well, by God, let us in. <laughs> yeah, let us in. I know. Well, that's, there definitely is a line, and there's people on one side of it and people on another. Yeah, but I definitely think if, if, if agents or studios were smart, they'd be mining the internet for that diamond in the rough. I'm really talking to you, talent agents, because they're the people whose job it is to scout out new talent. You know? Look out here, because there are some guys... It, I don't think it would it would lower a talent agent to be the one to call you. You know what I mean? No. Because what is that? That was the good old fashioned system of being discovered. It's, that's the way they used to say it. You know, oh, this guy was doing so and so when I walked through the door. Where's that? You know, the internet is that new. I mean, you're not going to be finding guys doing dinner theater now. The internet is that is that forum of raw, untapped talent. And I'd like to see those guys get their due. And not just because of a strike or not, you know, as replacements, not to, to spike somebody else. But, I mean, just to inject, a, you know, fresh talent into the mix. So we can stop having these reality shows. Have you seen the ad for the new one on Fox where they hook you up to a lie detector what? test oh, and ask God. you horrible? Really? Have you seen this? Oh, no. no. And they hook electrodes to your testicles. Oh, man. <laughs> I hate to say it. But it looks fascinating in all the wrong ways. They show a group of people and they're all sitting in a big like Pentagon together facing each other. And they have lie detectors hooked up and whoever tells the most truth wins or whatever. But the questions they ask, they have like a overweight girl and she's asking the guy across from her, do fat people make you feel disgusted or whatever. And then they, there's a husband and wife and the question they ask the husband would you cheat on your wife if you didn't think you could get caught? And they asked a wife, like, do you picture yourself being married to him in five years? <laughs> Whatever. I oh, mean, just oh. stuff that you cringe. You're like, oh, oh my man. God, don't answer that. So I hate to say it, but I'll probably check that well, one out. That's what Fox is good at. Fox is the dark mirror of our society, man, because they that's what they want. I love on The Simpsons. Years ago on The Simpsons, they had a little thing where they're watching TV and they're like, next on Fox, celebrity executions. <laughs> And it's becoming true. That was years ago. Oh, it's definitely true. I mean, if 
Good Lord, if Britney Spears shot herself on t- on camera, how many times will they rerun that? Well, certainly we've become fascinated with watching them kill themselves slowly. Because isn't that what it, what it's boiling down to now? It's like we're watching them bottom out and melt down so much. There's no there's no empathy, of course, because they're in a world that that we can't even conceptualize. But we're getting to the point where there's no sympathy. And in a cold, like you, I mean, I love I love, I love making fun of celebrities as much as anybody. I enjoy that. But at a point, you're just like, please, just. They don't have enough sense to step away, so let's let's look away. Yeah, well, I mean, we're the we're the reason why they do that. Why you know, paparazzi follow these people around and everything. Man, maybe we should be doing this. These guys make like three hundred thousand a shot. Oh, they make insane, insane money because they you know they sell it to these shows. Brooks, like, how long? Let me put it in perspective. How long were we telemarketers? <laughs> yeah, but that's different. In hours. <laughs> in hours. Because with this. You could do it with a uh, telescopic lens from a distance, and they'll never know. Whatever. You can't even talk to someone on the phone in another state without feeling bad. <laughs> I made it for three months, but only because t- I was trying to get it on one of the girls at the, that I work with. But, oh. Yes. Uh, Brooks worked one four-hour shift <laughs> as a telemarketer. Me and Tommy made it through half of the second shift. So we totaled at six hours. I think I called like one person, too. I mostly just um, pretended I was talking. But I got like I I got a hold of a lady who made me feel like crap. Oh really? Yeah, I don't. It was like there was we were selling <laughs> skin renewal cream. And she's like, what what are you what are you selling? It's like it's a unique opportunity for you to to do what to get my skin <laughs> renewed. What does that mean? I don't know. Where are you? Like I'm in Carrollton, Georgia. There aren't better jobs in Carrollton. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was the worst thing ever. Just please, lady. You don't have to buy the cream. Didn't she ask you, like, if you went to college or something, or shouldn't you go to college, and you had to say, I, I'm a college graduate. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, oh, this such, was a, such a movie moment. This was after college for you? Things were worse after. Man, I, I was living the life in college. I had two jobs where I never worked at all. With me, telemarketing was it was so bad because I, I was working for a chiropractor, and I had to try to explain what a subluxation is. I don't even remember what a subluxation is now, but you know. But anyway, there was a cute blonde girl there, and that was my motivation for a while. But I don't remember any cute girls at all at this place. Maybe it would have helped. I just remembered that we weren't even selling things that would you'd remotely expect someone to buy. Like, we weren't selling Beanie Babies, but we were selling Beanie Brothers, which was like a Beanie Baby knockoff. I thought it was Beanie Buddies. Beanie, whatever. Maybe it was. <laughs> How sad is that? A Beanie knockoff that you're going to buy over the phone? Like, well, that sounds like a cute little animal. Send me one. At any rate, at that point, if some guy oh, from oh. Hollywood had come and, and asked us to do something, we did on it for free. I'd probably still do I it for free. Man, didn't we do... We did, Hollywood never came knocking, and we did a lot of awful crap for people for free. Yeah. And driving out to Childersburg, Alabama to make a movie about an evangelist. And we didn't get paid for that either. We were doing anything we could to get noticed, man. But uh, the the internet guys, I think, are, are speak to my heart because I think they're out there doing the thing. They're doing the work. They're doing the creative part of it. And aside from having it on the internet where you can find it, they're not out there doing the hard sell. It's actually opposite of that. It's just there. 
How do you get noticed, though? This is a problem we're having with our show right here, the one that whoever is listening to, the show you're listening to, is that we've got the product, it's out there, but how do we get people to find it? We're, we're having a little trouble with that. If you guys have any suggestions... Yeah, by all means, let 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 me know. At least tell your friends, and uh, feel free to do some <laughs> word of mouth too. Yeah, it's yeah, not gonna, won't kill you. <laughs> Man, there's this awful show I'm listening to. It's terrible. See, yeah, you want to hear something crappy? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I hope anyone that listens to this show, if we get people listening yeah. to this show and enjoy it, then yeah. I'm happy for that. And I hope that all the other people out there in the world, especially some of these guys that we talked about tonight, that are just out there doing the thing and they're clearly talented. I hope that they get found. Because we found them, you know. I'm I'm talking them up. I found them. I think they're funny. So maybe there are other people out there, people bigger, and and more important might find you too. My God, a lot of these entertainment types spend a lot of time on the road in hotels. They might be That's on true. the internet a lot. You don't know. And Chrysler PT cruisers must suck. There's like three thousand of them online for sale. Need to get a Scion. A Scion. Now that is a chick magnet of a car. It is a nice That's looking a nice car. looking car, yeah. I am constantly, I have to keep a bat in the back seat to beat off the women because they're just throwing themselves at me. Really? You ever see those Axe body it's spray like, commercials where the guy sprays it on in the store and women start knocking shelves over to get to them? Yeah, it's true. It really is. That's Scion XB, huh? Well, I didn't know that when I got the car. It's just an unfortunate side effect of the combination <laughs> of the, the awesome car with the super machismo me. You know, you put the two together and it's it's overkill. It's just like, you know, throwing gas on a flame, right? It's just... Yeah, it's 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 dangerous, frankly. <laughs> That's what it smells like. <laughs> if you've ever used hacks. Just... I've always joked, I'll, I'll, if I had a couple of female friends around, and I never do, because I don't have that many friends, but if I were in a store... <laughs> I always imagine when I fantasize in my mind <laughs> yeah. about my friends. Would I imagine having some female <laughs> friends? I think it'd be funny in the store to just um, have it set it up where you spray yourself and then they come running and tackle you and do it when there's a little 13-year-old boy or something watching so he'll actually think it's real. I mean, it wouldn't be funny if no one's watching, but if there's a little kid looking at Axe, you know, scratching his chin, just pick it up and they're like, ah, pff, knock you over. I think that'd be fun. I do like body tackling of any yes. kind for any reason. Clotheslines are fun. I used to want to do a thing where we just walked around and I would put on my Mexican wrestling mask and body tackle people. That is pretty funny in the right situation. Yeah, that's a good way to get shot no, in the wrong situation. You just tackle somebody. <laughs> it can be inappropriate. That's why I like that as a caveat. Body tackling strangers can be inappropriate and dangerous. I had a couple of comic people I wanted to talk about tonight, but I guess we'll save it. We should, let's do a comics episode. Oh, definitely. See, I can talk about that. Like I under, don't know anything about because we can talk about stuff. mainstream versus underground, and I think that's a whole other untapped market that's tapped a little, obviously, because you can buy them in the store. I'll have to stand in the corner on that one, but I can talk about Star Trek comics. Well, bring whatever you got to the table. We'll sort it all out as we go. <laughs> Star Wars comics. <laughs> Dark Horse versus Marvel. Marvel rocks, man. Who jibs rock? Plus the extremely rare Blackthorn Star Wars in 3D one-shot. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. That's a nerd alert, I think. Because yeah, <laughs> that's a real comic. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't make that up. Well, we'll do that then. But I feel, I hope I hope we stayed on a positive plane because that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I want us to be the, the champion of little guy. Well, that's cool. Since we are a little guy. 
But while we're talking about little guys, I guess we should mention again that you can see our stuff on uh, YouTube.com slash TV. Yeah, check that out, y'all, for real. I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see how you might enjoy it, and if not, uh, it might you might get some entertainment value out of how bad it is. It'll put, it'll put it in perspective, because when we're talking about what we think is good, <laughs> just <laughs> use that to contrast. We did this stuff more than 10 years ago, though. Almost all of it we did in college, and almost all of it we did on VHS, you know? So, fair warning. So take that into consideration. <laughs> hey, man, these guys are so insightful, man. I just can't believe. Ooh. Yeah, woo. No, that or everyone <laughs> will watch and go, I, I love how retro these guys are. It looks, yeah. They made it look like they shot it on crap and edited it yeah. on crap. It looks, it looks like they actually shot it on real feces. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> these guys have no shame. So check that out. That's on uh, YouTube. I think there might be a link on darkcrazy.com too. You can email us at feedback at TV at my dinner. Check out bellswake.com and you can not listen to the same CD that everyone else I know doesn't listen to. <laughs> awesome. I listen to it. Well, if, if that's not going on the, on the CD cover, then... Check out gregstarks.com. <laughs> that's where you can uh, maybe give Greg a suggestion about what kind of car to drive. What, what do you think he would look good in? Become the friend of Greg. Please. Join his army of ladies on MySpace. And see my videos, too. I, my demo reel is on YouTube and accessible. To That's true. Uh, and the whoop-ass opus. And uh, last but not least, check out TV8MyDinner.com. That's where you can find all the episodes we've done, every single one of them. You can download it and uh, or read a little thing about what it's about first. So check it out, and uh, we'll see you next week. My name's Brooks. I'm Sean. I'm Greg. Actually, uh, I'm Chance Stark. No, that's you. Yeah, I'm Chance Stark Justice. You're you're Maverick Lone Star. Maverick. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Starkey is Lobo McBadass. Lobo okay. McBadass. I'll remember I like for that. next time. Okay, it's over. <laughs> Bounce. Anyway, the TV people decided to hire some guy with a lot of TV experience to run the show. He told me that every sitcom has like the same formula, and I was like, "Well, I I, I didn't think we were we were doing a sitcom." And he was like, "Yeah, we are." And he started bringing in all these like wacky characters and stuff. Wow, I'm wacky. Yo yo, I'm hip hop is on my nizzle. I'm mean and grumpy. I'm gay. So we started fighting about everything, and he kept telling me that my ideas were bad, and he only wanted to do things his way. And I got kind of sad about things, and the whole thing became a big mess. And I ended up not even liking my own show. And when the TV people showed up to see what we made, they kind of look like this. So I have like a job interview today. I don't want to go and stuff. <laughs> so my interview, uh-oh, is like in like 20 minutes. I better not fall asleep. <laughs> Oh no, where are my pants? Everyone can see my penis. <laughs> well, it beats freaking working. After the executive saw that, um, they said it looked very promising and showed great potential, which apparently also means you're done. So for now, this is where I'll stay. It's where I'm happiest anyway. Maybe I don't know how I'm going to fix the whole no work, no money situation, but I'll have faith and be positive. And as I said before, you never know what might be right around the corner. You know I'm a dreamer.
Yeah.